And we're back with another episode of High Minded with McCarter. I'm your host, McCarter. I'm her co-host, SK. I was really excited to talk to my one of my good friends, Danielle Gilliam. She is a cancer survivor, and she talks all about her journey with going through her diagnosis, her multiple surgeries, all the pain pills and prescriptions and opioids the doctors have been prescribing her and how she's been using cannabis and other plant and natural medicine to wean off of those herself. And it's incredible. Yeah. Her journey from Maryland, where she's from and was diagnosed and went through her treatment and everything, and just the stark difference in pain management in Maryland versus coming to Colorado and getting a pain management doctor who appreciates cannabis and helped her wean off so drastically. And it's just is open to other plant and natural medicine besides pharmaceuticals because we learned that there are so many doctors in the country that are not open at all to their patients using any other type of supplements, um, anything other than basically what they're prescribing. Yeah, and even legal frameworks that make it impossible for people to use both. We talk about a lot of really interesting things. Um, It gets a little heavy in this episode, so definitely, you know, trigger warning for... Uh, cancer and surgeries and hospital, you know, mental health, all the stuff. Yeah, it's a opioids and yeah, and how quickly it is you can get addicted. Absolutely. We hope you enjoy this episode today and we hope you learn something and can share it with a friend or family member to hopefully open their mind about cannabis and other natural medicines. And thank you so much to Danielle She is amazing. I love you so much. She's my girl. (laughs) And shout out to our episode sponsor today. Our partners at Puff Creative are amazing. They are an incredible agency that helps us with our website, SEO, social media, content, all things. They help bring amazing people on my podcast, and they're just great people. I love them. If you need help with any of those things, check them out at Puff Creative. Dot com. That's P-U-F-C-R-E-A-T-I-V. There's no E at the end. Or on Instagram, same handle. So thanks to Puff Creative. We love y'all. <laughs> and we recently uploaded our episodes to YouTube. So check us out on YouTube. Um, woo woo! And, and as always, download, subscribe, give us some feedback on any of Give the, us five-star ratings. All the ratings, all the feedback. Um Bring it our way. Thank you so much. Um, Follow us. We love y'all. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and Instagram is at High Minded Pod. My Instagram is at McCarter Gets High. Mine is at Her Highness SK. There it is. Be my 175th follower. Woo woo! Please, yes, no. (laughs) (laughs) But Um, we love the support. Thank y'all again. And as always, stay high. I am Danielle Gilliam. I'm 33 from Baltimore, Maryland. I got diagnosed with cancer on my 26th birthday. Like that's when I actually was diagnosed. But prior to that, I was living in Florida. Okay, that's right. So I was diagnosed in Baltimore, Maryland at Franklin Square. Or or no, at Johns Hopkins. Where you're from. You're from. Yeah, I'm from from? Baltimore. Mm -hmm. So I was diagnosed at Johns Hopkins. But prior to that, like, I was living in Florida. Um, it was a beautiful life there. It was really going well. And then it was kind of random. I went to the doctor one day just to get an anxiety medication refilled. And my friend was with me that day, my friend Andrea. I will never forget it because I was so mad at her at the time. We, she went into the doctor's office with me, and he was like, he refilled my anxiety medicine and, you know, did my physical, whatever. And then he said, is anything else bothering you? And I said, no. And she said, she's lying. She complains about (laughs) back pain all the time. And I was mad because I had been in multiple car accidents prior to that, like over the years, like I had been rear-ended three times 
over the course of three years. God damn. Like I had been hit head on and not just in my own car, like with head friends. On. Yeah, head on. Oh my God. We were com- me and my friend were coming around a turn and a lady ran a stop sign and she panicked oh and gosh. like stopped and kind of cut into the lane. So we hit head on. So <sighs> I had already been hit multiple times. I had more. You've had like, some body trauma. I had body trauma. I had back pain. They had never found anything. And it's like every time you go in for an MRI, right, it costs money. Like even if you have insurance, like there's pretty hefty copay multiple times. Like if you're not a person that goes to the doctors often at least. So um, I should probably shoot. I should probably get a check. (laughs) I was pretty upset. So anyway, we get in the car and I'm like mad at her because he's now sending me for an MRI. And I'm like, why couldn't you just like, you know, keep your mouth shut. Yeah, you (laughs) play the game. You know that like I have had back pain. I told you like they've never found anything. She's like, well, you never know, Danielle. And I'm like, so I go to this MRI. They literally sent me for it like that day. Right away. Yeah. So I go over, we get the MRI. We both go back to work. She left work to come with me to this appointment. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, it was nice of her. And then I get all <laughs> mad, right? But I'm just like, I'm just thinking $150 is what I had to pay. I was going to say, it's usually a couple hundred bucks. $150. So I just was like not expecting that expense, you know, whatever. Right. I so hear you. I go do do the MRI. I get back to work. I literally sit down at my desk. I pull up. My computer starts and my phone rings and it's the doctor. And he's like, um, we need you to go back. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, um, they think something's wrong with the, was wrong with the machine. So they saw it already, but they were they wanted to make sure they that wanted it, to double check. They wanted to double check and they also wanted to make sure that it wasn't something inside the machine that was like or on the lens or Whoa, yeah. something. So they put me in a different machine when I went back. And Makes sense. I got back to work. I'm like, I'm not, I'm really not thinking much of it because mm-hmm. I've had these scans so many times. Mm-hmm. And I literally sit Wait, down sorry. at my desk again and my phone rings again. And I'm like, no way. And he's like, I need you to come to the to the office. Uh, your scan came back abnormal. I was like, what? Oh my so I go tell my boss. I'm like, I got to go. I go back. So then they send me for a PET scan, which I didn't know this prior to having cancer, but cancer is made of sugar, like it's sugar. So when they inject sugar water, they well, for a PET scan, they inject sugar water basically into your vein. And then if you have cancer, they say like, quote unquote, it lights up like Christmas. That's, that's literally what they say. Mm-hmm. So they're Mine didn't light up. But so for me, I left there and my dad, I called my dad. And my dad, me and my dad didn't have a great relationship growing up. But I will say when it came to our health or like our futures or anything, you know, important like that, he like researches and like he does not settle for the first opinion. Like Mm -hmm. we will keep going to doctors. And if they keep saying the same thing, then okay. But if they're saying something different, and and we'll see specialists like, so my cancer is very rare. Only one in one in a million people get it. Wow. It's called sacral cordoba. <clears throat> it's super 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 rare. So like you'll really never meet. It's really rare that you'd ever meet someone that actually has it. It's like that rare. Wow. It's like for a person like me that actually has it. But my dad, my dad, I call my dad. And he's like, I want you to send your images to Johns Hopkins. Overnight them. And he's like, I already talked to the head of whatever. Like, send it here. Here's the address. This is the name. Overnight it. I want it there tomorrow. And I'm like, Dad, that's like $100. <laughs> like, I'm like just getting on my feet in Florida. Like, I just got a house, ha- you know, like house, yeah. living on my own. You just like, had to pay for an MRI. I, yeah, I just had to pay for an MRI. <laughs> like, I wasn't where's expecting. Where's money coming like, from, Dad? Uh, my asshole, literally. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Whatever. It is what it is. So I send it overnight. It was like $95. That was what it cost me to send it overnight. Wow. So then I get a call from them and they're like, well, they can't, they can't say that you don't have cancer just because they saw it on a scan. 
Right. Um, they have to like go in there. And it didn't light up. Like, oh, yeah. that doesn't mean anything. They have to do a biopsy. It could be a multitude of things. Yeah. Cause they were saying it was a cyst to leave it alone. That's they what, were just oh my literally God. Florida just was it. like, it's a cyst. <laughs> leave it alone. It's good. Oh, my God. Wow. Just don't bother it. And, I, and my dad was like, not okay with that. He was like, absolutely not. So they call me. They're like, they cannot establish this by, you know, by scan, like, and the fact sure. that it didn't light up. So you need to fly here. So at this point, now I'm out. You know, I'm like, Dad, you can you just fly me out? Yeah. I, I, feel, I have a feeling this is about to get really expensive for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, for me. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, yeah. So he flew me home, go to Johns Hopkins. Thank God, because my parents had to work. And I have really good friends. They, I've been blessed in my life. I know a lot of people do not have good friends, but I will say I have been blessed. I have family everywhere I go. It's crazy to me. But I get home. I couldn't. My parents had to work because this is very unexpected at this point, right? We're yeah. not expecting. Right. Like, Obviously. Anything. Like, at this point, we've already heard it's a cyst. Like, at the, you know, we're just making sure. Totally. Yeah. So I get my friend Brandon to take me. And I've been friends with Brandon for a long time. And I, like, forever... I, I just love him even more for this, like mm-hmm. what he did for me that day. And I yeah. get teary-eyed when I talk Aww. about it because it was just amazing. So he takes me there, and I told him, I was like, all you have to do is drop me off. They're going to take me back. They're going to put me out. I'm not nervous. Like, I'm good. Like, my parents will be there when I wake up. And I guess he just, like, knew they might not be, like – they might work over. Yeah. They, you might get out early, yeah. which is what happened. I got out early. Wow. So he stayed. And, like, I mean, like, hours. Wow. Like, he just sat in the waiting room for hours. He had, like, better things to do. I told him to leave. He did not. So he stayed. The next thing I know, I wake up. They come back, and they're like, um, well, first of all, you have two tumors, and Brandon's in the room with me at this point. Like, my parents are not there. So I'm like, thank God yeah. he did not listen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so they come in, and they're like, oh, well, we didn't really get to biopsy it, but um, you have two tumors. And the problem is we, we couldn't biopsy this one because your nerve is complete. You have nerves completely wrapped around it. Oh, my God. Wow. So if we hit one of your nerves, like... Yeah, they don't know what would happen. Yeah, like right. a lot of things could happen. So they didn't want to do it. They were like, well, good news. I mean, you do have two. The good news about that is that the second one isn't wrapped around anything. And I'm like, okay, so wait, you just had to like wake me up to tell me that. Like, why didn't you take it out then? <laughs> so, well, biopsy it at that point. That's what they're doing is biopsy. So why couldn't you just go biopsy it? Yeah. Like the other one then. Why you have to wait? Now you have to put me back to sleep. Oh, my gosh. So yeah. like Brandon's like, oh, my God. So he had to take me home because, like, my parents didn't even get there because it was, like, over and done with because they didn't do the biopsy. Oh, my God. That day. Stop. So I had to come back the next day because I'm, like, I'm only in town for, like, three days. Mm -hmm. Like, I live in Florida. Like, we have to do this. Right. Just do it. Yeah. Make me sign something that says if we find another, like, can we buy up? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Do the thing. Oh, my God. So... Go back the next day, go through the whole thing again. They put me out. Poor Brandon stays another hours, hours and hours. My parents do get there at this oh. one, though, at the mm-hmm. end. But he stayed anyway. Him and my parents are close now, obviously. Oh, wow. But um, so he, they all stayed. I wake up to um, we, got, we were able to biopsy it. We'll let you know in a couple days. I'm like, okay, no biggie, right? We all leave. So they call us. They're like, we need you to come back in. This is like a couple of days later. Cause I'm like, we, I mean, like, we need to rush this. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go home. Like, and if, if something's going on, like, we need to know so I can, right. Like, to make a decision. I need yeah. to make a decision. And like, tell your job and shit. everything. Right. <laughs> My whole life is like <laughs> literally happening. hanging in the balance in Florida. Yeah. And I'm in Maryland, like, trying to figure out what is going on. And now, time for a quick commercial break. Major shout out today to our partners and lovely friends at Puff Creative Agency. They designed our amazing website. If you haven't already, please go check it out at highminded.com. 
thebeachpodcast.com. We have blogs. We have all of our episodes. We have a little about me. We love Puff Creative so much. They do such a great job, not just with our website, but also with SEO, helping us get amazing guests on the podcast and other things too, like events, social media, content. They really do so, so much. So please hit them up. Tell them McCarter sent you and stay high. So we go back to the doctor like a couple of days later and it was just me and me, and my mom and my dad. The, it was really weird. I will never forget it. And it was, it was like eerie. And that's why I say like, fuck Johns Hopkins at this point, because mm-hmm. like their patient, like, um, I don't know, like bedside manner mm-hmm. could have been so much better for oh. this experience. Oh my God. It was traumatizing almost. Wow. So I get there and the woman's like, I, I'm like Danielle Gilliam, that I sign my name, whatever. They're like, uh, the woman goes, oh, you must be a really important patient. And I said, why? And she goes, oh, because he blocked out the rest of the evening for you or the afternoon for you. And I'm like, I looked at my mom and my dad, and I'm like, oh, God, that's not good. Like, I already knew. Like, well, I'm like, well, why would she say that? Yeah. Like, I'm already, like, a little bit optimistic at this point, you know? Yeah. Like, not a lot because we're already – we're called back instead of them – them actually it's fine just telling you over the phone yeah like a voicemail yeah like no we're at the building like in the cancer center no we weren't in the cancer center but we were in the building and it was just it was weird and so we get big surgery yeah it was just like a big center so we get there get taken in the back the doctor comes in and he literally like danced around my diagnosis literally to the point where my mother was in complete denial that I had cancer for over a month because he would not just say it. Whoa. What? So I'm not even kidding. Was he like the biopsy came back? And he was like, yeah, it's sacral chordoma. And we're like, what is that? And yeah. he's like, my dad's like, is it malignant? Is it benign? And he like wouldn't really say mm. and was just like talking about what sacral chordoma was. And we're like, well, You're what like, is that? Yeah, and talking like layman's right. terms. Yeah, and like, Google it later, we didn't go to medical yeah. school. Well, and that's what my my dad did the second we got out of that room. No, yeah. I think we were still in the room, and he was already looking it up. Wow. And he was like, "Well, it says here that it's cancer. That's what it was." And and my and my, and he was like, "Well." It's not it's not that straightforward because it's like such a weird cancer, but it's like oh it's cancer. God. Yeah. Like it's all you had to say was yeah. but no, it's I mean, only only one in a million people get it and you would have had better luck playing the lottery than what to the get fuck? To, I mean like what? crazy. Are so you kidding me? Yeah, we leave there and my mom's in denial. Meanwhile, fuckers. I'm like trying to figure out my, my dad's like researching different centers for sacral chordoma. My mom is in denial that I have it telling my dad to like chill because it's not cancer. Wow. And I'm trying to fight insurance, get disability at this point because now I have to go through all this cancer stuff and I'm not going to be able to work. And I'm turning 26. I just turned 26. So my dad's, I was on my own insurance. I had two insurances Mm -hmm. at that point. But my oh insurance my was about to drop right. because I'm losing my job, right? So Jesus. at least I have my dad's insurance. I mean, I could have kept that one too, but mm-hmm. it would have done the same thing. I had to pay. You it only turned had one over more to co- year. No, it turned at 26. It cuts off. But it, oh, you're right. It turns to Cobra. Okay. So you have that option at oh. least, but it's eight hundred dollars a month. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> no lie. Whoa. So I'm like, well, got to figure out how I'm going to pay this. Like, so like a whole if I'm not working, like, because if Jesus. cancer treatment can be up to a year with surgery, like, and mine was longer than that. Wow. So I was just trying to figure out what I'm going to do Aww. financially. I had amazing friends. Like, they were filling up my gas tank because I ended up, I flew back to Florida, packed up my car, and drove home. And then my my friends had to send the rest of my stuff. And then wow. a lot of other people just took a lot of my stuff because I have not found a lot of my shit to this day. So whatever, it is what it is. It was just closed. But 
Um, so it was kind of like an overnight, had to figure out how the hell I was going to change everything, get all my stuff moved to Maryland. Um, and then my dad did all that research. And so the three places that specialized in my cancer, it wasn't even Johns Hopkins. So I was like, well, that sucks. So I'm not even going to be staying here. So we went to Houston. Me and my dad actually drove to Houston, Texas. Wow. And the crazy part about that story, I don't even think you know, is on the way there, um, me and my dad were alternating driving. And it was his turn to drive. I wasn't sleeping in the back. And I started having a seizure. Like, Mm. really, really. And that's when I started having seizures then. It was really weird. Like, after that, I had seizures. But you had Like, from that day. But you had had seizures before. Well, I had, but like... At least from what my ex-girlfriend told me, like, in my sleep I would have. But they were, like, small. Like, like this one, like, my dad said I was foaming out of my mouth. Like, my eyes were rolling in the back of my head. Like, he was – he thought I was dying. Oh he, I, I woke up on the side of the road. We're at this, like, little shack, like – because we were driving. yeah. From Maryland like on to the Houston, no, we're I don't I don't know if he pulled off into like a little town, like yeah, uh, and we're like close to Houston because it was like it was literally like I just remember because I was so confused. I woke up very confused. I was in the front seat. I was laying in the back when I went to sleep. Now I'm in the front. What? Why am I sitting yeah. up? I'm very. I don't know what's going on. My dad's looking at me like panicked. How much time had passed? I don't know at this point. Mm-hmm. My dad, a while. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I mean, like, I think he said it was uh, the whole thing. I think he said lasted like 45 minutes to an hour of like, it was the first one I ever had. Wow. And it, so, and I've come to learn when I have them, I come to and I, it's crazy. I feel like I did drugs. Like, and I'm like scared. Like, what did I do? Did someone drug me? Did I do some kind of drug that I don't remember doing? Did I, I don't like, cause that's what it feels like. Like Like a a roofie situation? You can't get on, I can't get on my my feet. Like I can't stand up. Like I try to stand up and my knees keep giving out. Whoa. And I I just keep falling on the ground. And I can't talk. And like- Cause like I had one after that because my mom had never seen me had one have one, and this is crazy because I'm so glad I discovered CBD after this because prior to this I was not using it. They had me on like they ended up putting me on Keppra, but it was not helping. And that's what they use for seizure patients is mm-hmm. Keppra, is a mm-hmm. um, a medication. Okay, it's supposed to help stop your seizures. Well, it was not working for me. Wow. I came home one day. Literally, it's so crazy. It's like I. I have a guardian angel. I really do. I have. I. I think I have a couple. Um, I literally turned off my car and I had a seizure. Like I opened my door and I fell out of the door into the driveway. Oh my god! And literally had a seizure in the in the driveway. But when I came to, I didn't know what was going on. My, and the craziest part about this is the whole thing. First of all, that I had just turned off the car, right? And literally open the door some, at least out of the car, mm-hmm. and invisible in like in openness, so people yeah. can at least see, right? Yeah. But then the fact that my, if you knew my parents' house, you'd understand like they have a really big house, and it the front of it is like an older addition, like it was the the first part of the house ever, and they've built on from that, right? So they're usually in the back part of the oh, house, okay. so they're not in the front, like the front. Up until now, now it's being utilized. But at this time, no one was ever in the front. It's like three guest bedrooms in the front. Okay. Like, and everybody's on the other side yeah. always. So, like, you don't typically hear someone if they're at the front door. Okay. Unless they're ringing the doorbell or, like, banging mm-hmm. on the door. But for some reason, my mom was in the living room that day. And I like stump. I, like, stumbled to the door, and she opened the door, and I just remember falling in the door. And my mom immediately thought I was on drugs. Whoa. Because, like, what else? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she had never seen me have a seizure. It's not even where her mind went. Mm-hmm. Wow. The, the other seizure had happened a while prior to that. My dad really didn't talk about it because he was traumatized. So this was the second one. This is the second one. Okay, wow. So 
my my dad doesn't, didn't talk about it much because he's traumatized by mm-hmm. it, right? So he didn't really talk to my mom about it. So she didn't know, which she probably should have, you know, in hindsight, looking back. Yeah. You know, this is what happens to <laughs> Danielle if she had, no, he's yeah. like thinking maybe it's a one-time thing, mm-hmm. whatever. So I stumble in the door. I cannot get on my feet. I just remember stumbling across the entire living room and I'm thinking, Whoa. did I do drugs? I don't know because- when I come to yeah. from a seizure, I You're don't like remember so, like, anything. Yeah. I almost forget what happened half of that day for that span of time for yeah. at least a good almost half an hour. Mm. I'm very confused. So I'm stumbling around. My mom's like freaking out on me. She's like yelling at me. She doesn't know what's going on. I mean, I don't kind of don't blame her at the time. Um, I was kind of crazy then. <laughs> so... <laughs> um, I come home. I'm like, I can't, I'm stumbling in the door. She doesn't know what's going on. She calls my dad. Thank God. She's like threatened to call the police on me at this time. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, cause she, cause, cause I, I literally, I, I think she was just trying to scare me like into like talking to her, but I couldn't, Mm -hmm. she was, she was trying to get me to talk. And that's why she was saying that. Cause I couldn't talk. I wasn't, I wouldn't answer her, but it was because I couldn't. I couldn't answer her. Like, I literally couldn't. Mm-hmm. So she calls my dad, and I hear him on the phone, and he's like, Nick, she just had a seizure. And my mom just drops the phone, and then she, like, picks me up, oh and God. she's, like, consoling me. <laughs> and, like, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah. So, wow. like, they get intense, but I haven't had any since I started CBD, Yay. which is, like, a fun fact. Wait, so how did you find CBD? I started researching after that. Um, well, no, I, I ended up moving here. So I'll make a long story short. I'll go back to Boston. I moved to Boston because I ended up having my cancer treatment in Boston. That was one of the places. Not Houston? That, no. Went, we, we went there for an opinion. We get there after the seizure. They did like the, a brain scan on me. They, they couldn't figure out what was going on. They knew the, about the can- well, the spot. They knew the sacral cornoma. It was kind of too far for me. Like, and I knew that I had a closer option once, like at the time I was highly considering it. You know, we went there, we met all the doctors. They were amazing. Like top of the line care. MD Anderson is where we went. Um, great people, but they didn't really have the programs either that I was going to be able to utilize in Boston once I figured that out. So I, we went from Houston to literally Boston Mm-hmm. And got us another second opinion, and that's where I decided to go. Okay. So um, my seizure started on the way to Houston, but then I decided to go with my cancer treatment in Boston. Mm-hmm. Basically, okay. is yeah. how that goes. Got it. Where did you go in Boston? Um, Mass General. Okay. They actually have a Cordoma unit. Oh, wow. Which I thought was really, really beneficial. Promising. Yes, and promising, and the. Re- yeah, there were a lot of people there that were going there for Cordoma treatment. And the, like, there's a thing called the Cordoma Foundation. And, like, a lot of those doctors were recognized as, like, really good Cordoma doctors that have been working on many, 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 many Cordoma patients before me. Okay. Like, whereas at Johns Hopkins, I was going to be the first. Okay. Oh, and okay. Literally. Cordoma is cancer on the spinal cord. Yeah, it's kind of it's like really complicated, but yes, that okay. limb turns and and it can form anywhere from your sacrum to where I had it mm-hmm. to your brainstem. Okay, okay. I had mine in my sacrum, so mine was in my S three and my S five. Okay. So, um, so did they end up removing them in Boston? Yes. Yes. Okay. So first, I had to go through. Chemo, radiation, which is like the chemo and the radiation is actually more experimental than anything for the type of cancer that I have because it's more of a like, it might help. We hope it helps. Like, kind of first round. Yeah. Like, well, because so my cancer is unaffected by chemo radiation. Wow. Like if you do research, oh it'll you'll, you'll see. It says oh, okay. not affected by chemo and radiation. It says it right there, but they do it anyway to like, wow. which is kind of like, because 
I mean, like it did nothing into the tumor and all it did was brittle my bones and like complicate literally every other aspect part of my life and did nothing to the tumor. But, you know, it is what it is at this point. We didn't really know. So, um... Like I had to go through did the most. Oh yeah. I went through proton beam radiation and chemo for uh god, it started November to February. And then um and then I had a break and then I it was like a month break and then I had it was like actually the very end of January. No. It was like February 1st cuz we had a couple of days off that I had to make up. So my surgery ended up being on the 24th. Okay. Um, my life-changing surgery. Oh, so okay. prior to the surgery, they had told me, when we put you under, like, you wake up, you should be able to feel your legs. Like, we shouldn't. Because remember, at this point, when they had the biopsy done, they said the nerves were completely wrapped around the one tumor, right? So now we know it's cancer. Mm-hmm. And how are we going to pull it out without damaging any of these nerves. Well, they said they could do it after they had already prepared me, mind you. So first they prepared me for it. Then they came back on that and said, actually, you know, we've talked to a lot of people. We think we can actually get it out without damaging any of your nerves. Like, so I'm going into it being more optimistic than I was before Mm -hmm. to wake up to my mother crying at the foot of my bed and my dad not wanting to look me in the eye. Oh my God. And I can't feel my legs. Oh my God. So I'm like panicking. My mom doesn't want to tell me what happened. So my dad does because I mean, he sees that I'm like, what the hell? So they ended up having to cut my S3 nerve root which like gave me a lot of permitted damage. Um, so Fuck. after that, um, it was in a lot of pain. They could not, I could they could not get my pain under control. Like it was awful um, to the point where my dad begged them to knock me out. They had to knock me out with ketamine. Wow. Not like a horse tranquilizer or something. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I'm now pretty sure people are doing like. Well, yeah, no, 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 no. Know? But I mean, in a high dose. I'm not oh, talking about yes. a microdose. I'm talking about like very high. Like they knocked me of... out because wow. nothing else was working. Oh my god! They had to use that on me. Do you remember it? I remember being in a lot of pain, and I begged the nurse to kill me. I remember oh that. God. I remember that clear as day. I tell people all the time, like, I'm so glad I don't have one of them homicidal nurses. Because I'm like, <laughs> I watch true crime a lot. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm so glad I never had one of those homicidal nurses because, like, I gave her full, like, authority to do so. <laughs> I was like, please, I told her, I said, put air in my IV, please. Just kill me. Kill me. I was begging her. Oh I was in God. so much pain. It literally. The only way I can explain it is it felt like a train hit me in the arch of my back. Oh, my God. Like right at the arch of your back. I don't even know. Maybe a car, too, like going really, really, really fast. But I equated that to a train at the time because that is how much pain I was in. That's how much pain you were in after the surgery? Yes. like For how long? A while. Um, They had a really hard time controlling my pain with opiates. The opiates got so high that by the time I, like after surgery, uh, physical therapy, which lasted a year of me learning how to walk, I could not walk for a year, pretty much. It was it was like right under a year, like 10 oh and a half, God. 11 months is how long it took me to walk. Wow. My legs were like jello and I had something called drop foot. So every time that... I would try to walk, my foot would drop. Um, And what happens is when they work on your spinal cord, like anywhere on your spinal cord, your nerves up and down your spinal cord can go to sleep. So they can wake up whenever they want. I've heard this. They just kind of come back whenever they want. Yes. But it's kind of at their own pace. Yeah, literally. It can be a day. It can be a week. It can be a month. It can be a year. It can be... Three years. It's crazy. How long did it take for your foot to come back? Uh, like that whole that whole time. So eleven and a half months, about. Wow. Um, and even after that, I was still using a cane and like walkers when I went home. Like, I went home like semi walking, but I wasn't like 
like I am now, mm-hmm. like walking, yeah. walking. Wait, were you, oh, sorry. Were you, were you using any cannabis at this point? No. Okay. That was my question too. Uh, at what point no. did cannabis come in? So after all these surgeries, I was on, oh my God, I was on 90 mil, no, 80 milligram Oxycontin uh, three times a day. Oh my God. On top of uh, 30 milligram Oxycodone, two of those every four hours. And then, um, Fentanyl lollipops they were giving me, oh. which were 15, 1,500 MCGs. Not like 50 MCGs, not like, oh you know, 100, no, like 1,500 yeah. MCGs. And those were for physical therapy, they said. So like, but my pain was like still not in, under control. Mm-hmm. And I, at this point, I don't understand that the more opiates that you're put on doesn't really help the situation, right? It right. just like kind of makes it worse. And now you have like all these other problems. Yeah. So I started doing really bad. Like my mental health was tanking. Like I had to have multiple other surgeries. Like I just was not doing well. So Amy actually, who I'm friends with, who lives in Colorado, she um founded Joy Gum. And she had moved me down. She asked me if I wanted to move down here. She was like, I think you would really benefit. Yes. She was like, I think you would really benefit from like moving to Colorado and like having the option of cannabis because in Maryland, like once I was living, I was had to live in my parents for a while, obviously. Yeah. So I had my medical card there, but the doctors are like, you have to choose one or the other. You can't use one to get off the other. You have to just what? pick one. Like right then and there, if you test for cannabis, they stop writing your script. Well, I mean, like I'm a can I'm, I'm cancer patient. That's I'm like insane. literally, I have to have it. Like I can't not and right on such now. Such a high dose. Yeah, like, how you are can't you just stop just, it like that. Yeah, exactly. That's dangerous. Exactly. Oh my God. So she was like, I just feel like doctors are be more apt to like work with you here. Like if you just yeah come out here and like. Just give it a try. So at first, I like didn't want to. I was like, I don't know if I can do that, like be away from my family. And then I, I don't know, one day it literally just clicked to me. Like, if I don't go, I'm going to die. I was like wow. 84 pounds. And this is no lie. I was 84 pounds. Oh I was God. like skin and bones. I could not eat. They, I had a tube. They had, I had like a feeding tube. It was getting really, but really, really bad. My men, My mental health was like... I was waking up every day telling my mom I wanted to die, basically. Oh and I, I look back and I I always apologize to my mom. Like, I'm so sorry I put you through that. Oh. But, like, I mean, you're at a point you can't. Yeah. You're barely walking now because you're, like, 87 pounds or 84 pounds at this point. I, I got up to 87 when I moved here, like, within the first week. That's why I said 87. Wow. Like within a week, I was already gaining weight. Mental health change. I, I So I came out and I visited her for three weeks. And I was like, if I, because I knew like one week, it's like a vacation, right? Yeah. Like you kind of like, it's fun. Two weeks, uh, okay. It's like starting of, to set in. Yeah. Three weeks, like you're kind of ready to go home. Like right. if you're not comfortable at someone's house, right? Yeah. It's like, and I'm going to be moving in with her. So I was so comfortable. I was like, you know what? I just have to do it. Like I have to. So I went, I found a doctor, a pain management doctor. I found him that week, talked to him. He was like, I will work with you. You can smoke cannabis. You can, um, that's amazing. You can do whatever. We will get you down on your meds. Like, this is crazy. Like, so I was like, all right, I have a doctor that's going to work with me. Yeah. Like, I have cannabis at my disposal everywhere I go. I don't even need my card. Like, if I don't want it, but I ended up getting my medical card. Um, I went back home. I literally packed up my stuff. And within, I think it was less than a month, I moved here right before 420. Wow. Um, it was like, I think it was the 15th that we got here. Me and my my friend drove with me. Me and her just alternated and yeah. we drove the whole way. Like we did, we just stopped to go to the bathroom. That was it. Wow. Yeah. And until we got to Kansas and then they shut down 70, which I, that's when I learned snow, about that. Yeah. Snow. <laughs> yeah. Snowstorm. And I was like, wow. okay, so that's what that's like. Welcome to the West. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. When you moved out here, were you like trying everything like smoking, edibles? Well, tinctures? so no, wait, when I was in Maryland, all they were really taught me was RSO and like 
then I was just buying weed, right? Okay, like, like they didn't really, flour. yeah, they didn't really teach me about anything else. Okay. Like it wasn't really like all these different delivery methods. Yeah, no. So then I get here, and then like Amy specifically was like, "I really think you need to get like on a CBD oil, like, yeah, you know, that I think that would really help your seizures, like, and that's one of the first things that I did. Yeah, so that's and a they stopped sublingual tincture. Under yeah. the tongue. Mm-hmm. Wait, but how so, much CBD were you taking like per day at that point? Well, I started at a low dose because I wasn't really sure, right? Okay. But I got up to, I can't remember exactly what dose I was at that point because now I just take high CBD. Wow. Um, like I do the Iovia ones that are high CBD nice. with like, they have like a little bit of THC in them. Yeah. I Wait, like that. But your seizures are like, have stopped. Wait. Yeah. So I've only, I was getting them. That's insane. I started getting them often. Um, after all this had happened back How home, um, God, every couple months okay. at least, okay. and I there were sometimes where I would wake up in the house very confused, you know, put yeah. two and two, and then you like I know I had one right. where no one was around. So the only time I've had one here, I had one once, and I was walking up the stairs. Nobody was home, and it's crazy because we have a rescue uh, dog. Her name's Maya. And she was really timid at this time. Like a very timid dog was still not very sure of me. Like had been abused in her past life for sure. So I fell down the stairs, the second set of stairs. Well, the first set of stairs in our other house. Oh, yeah. When you're going up, I fell down those stairs and I landed on the floor. But there was like a rug behind my head, thank God, because my head was hitting the floor. But Maya came over and sat her head on me and Hope laid on my chest. Wow. So they were like laying on me when I came to, like putting pressure on me. Trying, I was like, wow. I mean, like Hope knows. so intuitive. But Maya, that shocked me with Maya. I was like, wow, okay, maybe maybe she's not so bad, you know. She's a little intuitive. Wait, why does pressure help? Um, I'm not really sure to be honest with you. It's like Reiki. Like it just energy. it's something with yeah. the energy in your body. Yeah. And, but yeah, that's like you'll see a lot of people that have like pres- uh, seizure disorders that have uh, dogs like I do, like a service dog. Yeah. But theirs are bigger and will actually put like utilize pressure. Like I don't have them anymore. Like I I don't really even have to utilize hope. Like. Which, I mean, I'm kind of upset. I've kind of slacked on her training a little bit with that because I, <laughs> I wanted my independence back so bad. Like when I moved here, I still wasn't even walking 100%. I like stayed in my room for months mm. until I started meeting people in the cannabis industry here who were like really awesome, down to earth, cool people who like have like become literally my family. Um, and I was like really shown by all these people how cannabis worked. And I learned more about like terpenes and like it's not about percentages. And mm-hmm. um, like I wasn't taught any of that in Maryland, you know, like it would all, yeah. I learned all of that here from people that just were educated. Like my friend Kim is very educated in the cannabis industry. She like taught me a lot about terpenes and which terpenes were good for, you know, nausea and like, you know, there's certain strains that are better than others for certain ailments. So then I started, once I started learning all that, I feel like I was able to really control like things Mm -hmm. better, like with my pain, with my nausea. um, Like I've noticed specifically, honestly, our our 10 to 1 CBD, uh, THC, peppermint joy gum yes i love that is amazing it's for so nausea good. amazing like I i'm like really sad anxiety. that i heard that they might be getting rid of it because people haven't been buying it but like i'm gonna try to help change i'm that. telling you i swear by it i always have a pack on me and i'm actually kind of panicked because i just took my last two pieces yesterday and i need to go get another bag of it wait i have some in my room do you mean to get it no i'm okay right now okay but um I like I, I like too. to always have a pack on I me because I literally purse. I put it in my mouth and within like five minutes my stomach's already feeling better. Wow, that's the power of this plant medicine. Yeah. So how has um your medicating like medication changed oh. since Whew. moving to Colorado? Yeah. So 
man, my poor pain management doctor. I think he was like absolutely terrified because he had to write me these milligrams. And he's like, I can't even believe that doctors were writing you this. And I was like, that's what they do on the East Coast, I guess. Like, I didn't realize it was so different out here, but he was like terrified. Wow. That's in 2019. That's wild. Wow. Mm -hmm. I was on a lot of stuff. So he's like, we need to start cutting you back immediately. He's like, well, and then I was very fortunate. I met Anna. Um, Anna Dama at a event. She does crafted care. She like makes her own CBD salves oh, yeah. and like bath bombs and lotions. And I've met her too. She's really nice. She's amazing. I wasn't a huge believer at the time that like a salve was going to help me. Like I was like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to rub a salve or a lotion on my back that doesn't have like any kind of medication in it. That's just CBD or THC. You know, I'm not very educated. I just moved here literally. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just thinking it's not going to work because my pain. Cannabis is medicine, man. I know, but you got to understand I had literally just moved here. I don't know much about it at this point. For sure. Like I had literally just moved here. Coming from total Western medicine. Yes. After they're telling me like, I don't know, I'm just smoking weed at this point. I just, I don't know. The fact that a lotion could take that, the amount of pain that I had in my back away, Mm -hmm. I just, I had a hard time believing it. Wow. But she was like, she rubbed it all over my back and I think it was, um. It was like 500 THC, 500 CBD. Nice. And within like minutes, my I started feeling better. And I was yeah. like, I turned around and looked at her and I said, give me that. And she was uh. like, she was like, is it helping? And I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I was so blown away by that, uh. that like I always have her salve with me wow. too. Wow. I mean, I recently, you you got me some of the Escape Artists. That's really been helpful as well. There's some good stuff. The rose one smells amazing. Yeah. I like their minty, like menthol-y one. Uh, Yeah. I'm so happy that it's helping. That helped. Once I started using that, I was able to cut down a lot. Like it was a lot easier for me to cut down on my meds too. And then like- Opioids. Yeah. And then once, because he- he was right. We were working immediately what, to get me down. So like every two weeks I was going and we were going down more yeah. and more and more. That's wow. great. And then I was noticing that they were actually starting to work better. Like they weren't working for me because yeah. they were just, they kept giving me more, but it's like something with your pain receptors you or like, like tapped out. Yeah. Like they, you don't, you can't just keep taking more and like wow. it doesn't go, it's just, it doesn't get better. I mean, tolerance just gets higher and higher and, and Problem yeah. gets worse and worse, and it's yeah. at the it, it's not working right. And now you're you're taking all of this medicine for what? Yeah. So yeah, I started using. I started smoking. I learned about dabbing. Um, I learned that dabbing would be better better for me because I had a higher tolerance already. Yep. Um, to a lot of things, and my pain was hardcore. But mm-hmm. that I shouldn't dab all the all the time because then I can get a tolerance for that as well. Yeah. So I was taught like. I was taught a lot of these things by amazing people. I was very fortunate because I really didn't know. So I was like, well, damn, like now I have this salve that like I didn't think would work that's helping me. And like these, the CBD is like stop my seizures. And like, yeah, it's, it, it started helping me a lot. Yeah. So I, I don't take, I'm on like a very minimal amount of meds now. And I'm working to completely, hopefully, get off of that. I mean, I still have a lot of broken hardware in my back, but um, I'm only on a five milligrams now. So that's that's kind of insane. Incredible. It's kind of insane. You are a fucking warrior. Yeah, that's after watching Dope Sick. Like, yeah, that's uh, wow. Just yeah, like and seeing like what the opioid epidemic has done to the country and gotten people yeah addicted to other drugs. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, when I was, I was 16 and they, I had endometriosis really bad and um, they were just shoving me on opiate. I was taking Percocet at 16 years old Wow, for endometriosis when they could have just done a surgery. Yeah. And now it's like, we know so much more about endometriosis too. Before Mm -hmm. it's like, they didn't even want to like research the hum- like the female body more and devote more, you know, like yeah, no, they, I mean they actually finally let me get a hysterectomy when I was twenty four. I had a full hysterectomy because wow. my my endometriosis was so bad. Um, but the doctors in Maryland, they're just lazy, you know they 
They'd rather, I mean, I don't even know it's just Maryland, but I'm just saying specifically from yeah. my experience yep. um, that yep. they were just more apt to want to write me a prescription for Percocet. Take and, the easy way out. Yeah. And I mean, Baltimore is not the best place to grow up, to be honest. You know, I think a lot of people know that. Um, and bad influences, they find out that you have this Percocet and then you, you didn't even realize that it was something that could be abused and now all your friends like want your yep. your medicine and you're like, what? And it's like... Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. It's a whole thing. But wow. it's like, it gets out of control in, in Baltimore. And, and the doctors are just... They just write it. They just write it. They actually did an an FBI investigation on my old pain management doctor that was writing me all of that stuff. No. Oh, my God. Yeah, because the FBI came to my best friend's house because Uh, I was house-sitting at the time. And my dad called me. He's like, why is the FBI at our house? And I'm like, I don't know. And then I'm like freaking out. Like, what did I do? Um, wow. But they came to talk to me about him. When you were still in Maryland? hmm Oh, my God. Stop. That's insane. Yeah. They just... Wow. It's so crazy. Pain yeah. management definitely seems like it's handled differently state to state. Yeah. It, it really is. I, I can say that for sure. What I've about? been very grateful for my pain management doctor here, like Aww. that he's been so willing to work with me because I know that there are still some doctors here that you can't use both. Wow. Um, Because I called around, and there are some some doctors that will not let you. Wow. Do both? They can. I I don't know why. I don't. I don't get it. But he was thankfully the first person that I like found, went and saw, and like he was really cool with it. And he was like, he kind of told me like, I think you need to explore the cannabis market a little bit, but. I was already working in the cannabis field. I just hadn't had my badge yet. Mm. So it took like yeah. a little bit for me to like really start learning mm-hmm. like everything from people, mostly at events and like all my friends now. Yeah. Like Carrie, we Carrie we Carmona. I learned a lot from her. Yes. Amazing. We love you, Carrie. I need to have her on here. She is an amazing person. She moved to Smoklahoma. Very educated in the cannabis industry. I met a lot of people through her too. Yeah, she's amazing. So is the that was three years that you've been here for three years now. I'm glad I met you guys now too. So glad we met and we're friends. I was just gonna say, what other um, plant medicines have played a role in your psilocybin? Can we talk about psilocybin? Yeah. So recently, um, I guess within the last couple months, I've been more intrigued about about that because um, I don't know. I heard a lot about microdosing. I've never been one to like want to trip all the time or anything, but I didn't realize that if you took like a really small amount that it's not really like tripping. You just feel really good and like happy and it's like mood elevation. So great. So increased focus, increased creativity. While doing the large macro thing of rewiring your whole brain. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So one thing that I learned when I was going through all of this cancer stuff was when they had initially um, done my, like when I started having those seizures, right? On the way to Houston. They did that brain scan. Mm-hmm. That was at the very beginning of my diagnosis. So, right, I had been living a pretty regular life at that point. So they did a, another brain scan on me a couple years later. And this is, at this point, I'm depressed, right? I'm on all this opiates. I'm like... This is in Maryland. This is in Maryland. I'm like really suicidal, just go, go, just going through it. Mm-hmm. Just a couple years later. And they, my doctor, I will never forget this. My doctor brought... Both of my scans in because I just think this is just so crazy. He put them up on the screen and he said, "If I didn't know that both of these brains were yours, I would say that these are two completely different people." Wow. He said, "This looks like a healthy twenty-five-year-old brain. This one looks like a Vietnam veteran, like with severe trauma and PTSD, because like you can see it in like the frontal lobe or wow. whatever it is, like." So that is also when I learned that your brain can change, right? So I'm like, well, I probably don't need all of these medications. Like, because I don't know, the depression medications were not working for me. They actually made me black out for four days. And that's a whole other story. Like I blacked out literally. 
and tried to kill myself in a four day span. It's crazy. Whoa. So I didn't want I didn't want to get back on those, mm-hmm. but I need something, right, to kind of help me with my depression from time to time. Yeah. So that's when I started learning about the psilocybin here after all of this craziness. In Colorado. Yeah, in Colorado. And I'm like, wow, like I wish I had known that was an option, right? So the first time that I ever microdosed, I I went out and mowed the lawn. (laughs) And I was like happy as shit. I love doing that kind of stuff, (laughs) microdosing. I was happy as shit. Like Amy's standing at the doorway and she's just looking at me. And I'm like, hey, Amy. And I'm like laughing. (laughs) And like everything was like funny. And like it was like a great day. And she's like, did you microdose today finally? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, I love it. Oh, <laughs> I was like, me too. Yes. So, so after happy. that, I started. I'm. I've been trying to learn more about it. I actually had McCarter. She let me borrow a book mm. that I'm, I've been reading yes. on and off. Great book. Wait, what is yes. it? Your psilocybin companion by Michelle Janikin. I think it is. Yeah. So I've been reading and like learning that it, how it works with the brain and like rewiring yes. and like I don't know I think I might even try to use those to just come off the meds completely yeah um and see if I even have any type of withdrawal with that at all yeah from medicine that I've been on for now a couple of years because of all this crap yeah, yeah. Um, it's so minimal though that I don't even know yeah if it if it's gonna bother me if I try to stop I'm just, I think in the I back of my brain, I'm just always like. withdrawal from like yeah, most terrified. <laughs> yeah. Anxiety medicines, there's usually a withdrawal. So mm-hmm. I would definitely taper off, you know. Oh, I mean, that's what we've been doing. Yeah. Do you have like a He's been great. Do you have like a date in mind? Well, hit, well like- I think I'm starting to think about that because I, I honestly in my brain didn't think that we'd ever get this low. Yeah. Um, I was pretty adamant that I thought that I needed more pain medication because I had a high tolerance because of all the meds that I was on. I mean, look at all I was taking. I was still alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't you believe, know, I can't how am I not dead? Was, like handling <laughs> First that. First of all. Literally. My God. You do have guardian fucking angels. I'm serious. I just, it's crazy to me that my like heart didn't give out or something. My God. Yeah. Well, now we need to like repair so, it with the mushrooms. Well, yeah, that's that's why I've been yes. trying all these alternatives, and they've been working amazing. And yes. like, my pain management doctor has been pretty shocked at how low we've been able to get. I mean, it's it has taken time. It's yeah. taken time. This is over I mean, like years. Yeah, I was at, well, I was on a lot of crap, and I was really scared too. Like, I mean, you got to think like I have all this broken hardware. Like, yeah. well, you don't know that, but. I have broken hardware in my back. Um, But it's not really, it's crazy. It hasn't really been bothering me since I moved here because I've been able to be more active because I've been able to do small hikes Mm -hmm. and like we just got an electric bike. So I'm able to bike with like the bike assist. Yeah. And like there's tons of bike paths and Mm -hmm. like, they're, oh, they yeah. love bikers here. Like, you know, <laughs> like you can't bike in Baltimore. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> you get hit by cars and like oh, left yeah. in the middle of the road. Stabbed in the park. No, yeah. No, seriously. Well, like, I mean, that still kind of happens in Denver. You got to be careful. Yeah. Bikers are still getting hit and dying, but not as often. Oh, for sure. Like, Up canyons and stuff. No, yeah, I got to. Sure. Yeah. That's why the bike There's lots paths of trails. And trails are crucial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We like, have a really great system out here. As long as people, sure. like, I just don't like the people that use, like, the roads when it's, like, a two-lane highway and then there's a biker, too. And it's, like. It's usually, like, go to the next block and there's a bike path. Yeah. Just, like, know the infrastructure I don't, I don't or at least, like, look around a little part. bit. If you don't see a bike path and you're in Colorado, go a block in either direction and you'll find one. Exactly. So just, like, there's yeah. no reason like, to, yeah, get so in traffic. it was pretty awesome because my last, so. I also say this, I took off two years for like my mental health from the doctors. So I was kind of good. I needed to, but I was kind of concerned when I had to go back. Like oh, yeah. shit. So when I finally went back, um I, they were very shocked because my strength had actually improved and Yay. I was doing like a lot better. So that's um, amazing. Yeah, things are doing a lot better. Cannabis has very much improved my life Yay. from all of this. Um and yeah. I love you so much. Love you too. 
Yeah. Um, wait, one one question we ask everyone if you had to not had to, if you could smoke um cannabis with anyone alive or dead or like celebrity, but it can't be a family member. Even fictional. Or a fictional character, who would it be? And how would you smoke? Mm. <sighs> Do you have like an idol or like Someone you really look up to, or it could just be like an artist, like a musical. I don't know anyone, you know. Honestly, I don't know. I'm not really a huge like celebrity person. I never have been. I met Jake Gyllenhaal and I talked to him for an hour. Like it was normal. Yeah, (laughs) that's hilarious. He he came to Spalding, the hospital where I was at. Um, he was shooting a movie there. If, really? Yeah. If you ever watch the movie, um, oh my god, I'm gonna draw a blank on what it's called now. But he does a movie um, where he he plays the guy that was um, blown up in the Boston bombing. He lost his legs. He oh. was there to see his girlfriend run the race. Oh, I've okay. seen a commercial for this. He was in Spalding. Okay. Where I was because it's like the wow. best. It's the best rehabilitation hospital you can go to in Boston. Okay. And I met him there. He was while he was shooting the movie. It was crazy. Wow. It was, I was in my wheelchair and my friend Monica was pushing me through the the hallway and I was telling her to push me to the side because we were trying to watch them film yeah. and he came through the doors at the same time <gasps> and he like locked eyes with me and followed me and he sat right next to me on the bench and we just sat there and talked wow. like it was normal. Wow. Like, I don't, I didn't like freak out. I don't like get yeah. excited. So maybe with Jake Gyllenhaal, honestly, because you've already the had, only thing that would have enhanced would have Well, be a joint. I know he was a really awesome person. Really? And like, really down to earth to talk to. Yeah, he was wearing a beaded bracelet. Like, it was like a string and it had little tiny beads on it. Uh-huh. And I asked him what it was. And he said a little seven year old girl gave it to him and he wanted to surprise her and wear it in the movie. Because she watches all of his movies. Oh, that's so gosh. sweet. Wow. So, just a wholesome human. Wow. From like the things that he told me. Yeah. So, I'd probably just want to smoke with him and talk more. That's a honestly. really cool story. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. Mm-hmm. I love you so much. Yeah. I'm so happy. Love you too. I know you. Thank you. I'm glad I know you too. Thanks for sharing your story. Of course. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Stay, Stay high. high.